I love looking after people and hosting and project managing and just you know making making sure like things are done in the best possible way like I have very high expectations of myself and of you know what what is delivered and I think I really just loved doing that this is the deep in the weeds podcast I'm Anthony Huckstep In the coming weeks, Australia may find itself in the unique position where the entire country could be completely COVID-free. Given the trajectory of the virus in other countries, it is quite extraordinary. But what will that mean for international travel? Australia's food culture is, after all, a microcosm of the entire planet, created by waves of migration patterns, bringing the flavours and techniques of cuisines from all over the world. For those in the industry, inspiration comes from travel and food experiences. What impact will the lack of international travel have on the hospitality sector? Kylie Ball is a special projects manager of Harvest Restaurant in Newry Bar. Kylie, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Anthony. Thanks very much for having me on. You've had a hell of a tree change. What's it like in Byron at the moment? Oh, it's lovely. Yes, no, it's very, um, uh, it's busy. Um, I guess we're very fortunate that, um, yeah, people are sort of uh, travelling up here. So um, it's been, you know, sort of good for the the restaurants and accommodation and things to sort of get back after, you know, they were sort of very affected by COVID and also after the fires this year. So it's been a pretty tough year um, for, for everyone. Um, but yeah, no, definitely enjoying the the tree change. There's lots of opportunity, and really enjoying working with the Harvest Group, um, which yeah, it's wonderful. We can have a look at what Harvest are doing a bit later on, and also talk about that tree change that you've had. But you spent over a decade with one of Australia's most influential restaurants, Key, and also a Benelong, an extraordinary restaurant. And you spent a lot of time travelling as part of that role. What, how are you feeling at the moment, given what's happened this year with no international travel? Yeah, I think it's, it's yeah, it's just really sad. Like, I think of, you know, the impact of people travelling to our country, you know, Hat on Key and Benelong, um, you know, like just the Hyatt, like that would be, you know, it's sitting at like 5% capacity at the moment. Like that, um, you know, would really be impacting, you know, sort of those high-end restaurants which we really relied on and also like, you know, tourists. That was probably, you know, 70% of Key's, um, Key's clientele and, us, you know, certainly um, Benelong as well. So, yeah, for all of Australia, you know, like I worked on a lot of those big campaigns for Tourism Australia where it was invite the world to dinner in Australia. You know, we did um, um, did the launch key and we did the big dinner down in Tassie to, you know, get people to travel to Australia. And, um, and you know, I worked after leaving key, worked with Tourism Australia and did the world's 50 best where we brought all those, like the journalists and the chairs to, to Australia and did an amazing event down in Melbourne to, again, promote Australia as, you know, uh, one of the best dining places in the world. So that's a massive impact on... Um, on on restaurants so it is now about you know traveling within I guess you know now that we can sort of get out of some well some of us can get out of our states and into others I think it is really just about supporting you know your local restaurants and 
local producers and suppliers, which is a big, obviously, thing up here. But as you say, we can go into that a bit, a bit later. But um, yeah, I think it's yeah, definitely. And the thing is, the uncertainty of when it's, if ever, sort of gonna going to change. So we spoke to Peter Gilmore earlier in the series, and you know, a restaurant like Key is not only extraordinary in Australia; it's you know been in the the top hundred in the world. It's a, you know an amazing restaurant. What did international travel mean for that restaurant for you for you guys? I think that was definitely a really big thing for for us, and I, like you said, was very very fortunate to um, you know sort of travel the world with with Pete and um, and with John, and for us it was it, that was our inspiration. Like um, you know, we would you know go to S- Stockholm or to Copenhagen and uh, New York and just um, and you know have the um dine out and you know just look at what other other people are doing in other cultures and cuisines and just you know that style of service and you know be really inspired like you know Pete did a trip to Spain and you know the Andalusia um almond and citrus was you know inspired by a flamenco dress in Spain and um you know where we're sitting in you know a beautiful restaurant in Stockholm and um I think it was gastrologic and like the light dimmed at each time you changed course and you know we were just really inspired by the way people did things around the world um and also not even so much at just at that high-end level just you know just you know getting the best sandwich from in Copenhagen or you know the tacos or something just um yeah it was really really imperative to what we became and um and I you know especially for Pete as a chef and I'm sure most chefs that inspiration from going to different countries like it's just and the knowledge the education you get I think that's sort of one of the the really and I had a good sort of think about this after we sort of had our chat and it's just like yeah that education like you know I remember Pete coming back going did you know that there was this is probably wrong answer, but 55 different types of potatoes or something, you know, like, and then, um, yeah, just really just learning um, and opportunity, like even like sommeliers and all that, not being able to travel, you know, to be able to be on the, you know, on the ground in, you know, in Germany in the Riesling plot or like, you know, just thinking about being in, you know, education comes a lot from actually being on the ground and seeing, you know, seeing those regions, you know, it's it's like sort of farming and, and, and cooking and, and stuff. So I think that's going to have a really big impact. Like education is now just all online where, you know, I think that is where the passion comes from too. Like when you come back from a trip, and you're like, oh, my God, like, I was just in champagne, you know, like, just travelling around the reach. Sorry. I, I, as you said, I did have some <laughs> – I was very fortunate. So, um, yeah, but, you know, whether you're in champagne or you're, you know, anywhere, you know, I think it's more just, um, you know, those experiences where you um, would learn or even like being not even being able to go on stage now you know or travel to for education or, or travel for experience and to bring that back like I was having a good think about you know someone like Jason Saxby who's now head chef at Ray's and Troy Crisanti who's head chef at Key like both of them went and did like a year stint at Ledbury and you know they'll both probably tell you it was the hardest time of their life but they know they wouldn't be the chefs that they are today without that experience and you think of all those other chefs 
in Australia who have gone and staged and, you know, in Copenhagen or New York and, and just what what they learnt and then they bring that back, um, you know, and then it's on the other side of the chef's and, um, you know, front of house staff who would be coming to Australia and what they bring um, to our restaurants where that's not happening anymore either. So, yeah, it's really, um, really challenging with, with the no travel. You've got many friends and so many connections all over the globe in the hospitality sector. Um, what's been some of the, the impact that you've felt directly with people that you know and how do you feel about what's going on with restaurants like in the US or the UK or Spain? Yeah, like um, like in the UK, like when I read that, you know, Brett Graham might not open the Ledbury again and like to me, like it's my favourite restaurant in the world. Like I've had the pleasure of dining there many times and, you know, he's he's like family to key. Um, you know, him and Peter, good buddies and I became, you know, really good mates and, you know, we were fortunate to go to Copenhagen together to MAD a couple of years ago then you know we would always see each other at you know the good uh, the top 50 awards and then obviously he was out um you know in um, Melbourne and yeah it's just so sad because he's worked so hard like so hard like he literally is the first in that kitchen and the last and he's been like that since I think he opened it like when he was 25 and I think he's now 40 or something like it's just so so sad to have put so much into something and it to be so successful and so beautiful and to just like just think that well yeah and you know like I just wonder like that impact on like him mentally and all the chefs around you know and front of house and people who've closed businesses like that impact on them mentally as well it just must be really really challenging and then you know the you know, New, New York as well, like just, you know, we always had a very, very close relationship with the 11 Madison guys and Dan Barber, um, you know, at Bluestone Hills and another one, like you just think, oh, my gosh, like just like will, will it ever, will those restaurants ever be like they were before? Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, really, really, really sad and it's just sad that we don't know when we'll see them again, like, you know, we used to see, as I, as I said, you'd see them sort of all the time. And then even after I left Key, I was fortunate to, you know, do work on Gourmet Escape or um, another um, food uh, festival. So I'd quite often, you know, international chefs had come. So you'd still sort of see those friendships that you created. And um, so, yeah, just to not know when you might you might see them again. And which, yeah, is really, yeah, it's just sad. <laughs> And you get inspired from each other as well. Like, like that's what was so, you know, you could sit and, you know, just listen to, you know, Pete and Brett chat all day just about stuff. And, you know, when we were there, like, Brett's like, oh, I've gone out, you know, shot a deer and la, la, la. And, you know, it's just, and just the passion. I think that's what between everyone, you know, in the industry, like just the passion and to not be able to just, you know, be able to sit in, across from them in a room, like, is yeah it's um yeah I look forward to hopefully being able to do that sometime soon and that's been the case with even not just um international travel just even you know like I've got a lot of friends in Melbourne and they used to go down to Melbourne you know pretty much once a month or they'd come up and you know where they're all sort of hospo so you know we'd 
go off to a new restaurant and all support each other, like that community, like to not even have have been able to have that. Like they obviously couldn't have it there, but like even from Sydney to there, like so I'm super keen to get down there and, you know, support, support them and, um, yeah, just, yeah, just really give them some love. Restaurants like Blue Hill and Lidbury and Key, they do have, you know, award-winning chefs and famous chefs and rightly so, but they are really the sum of their parts and all of the people involved in those restaurants to make them successful. You played a major role in the Fink Group for many years. What, what was your role within that group? Uh, so I was the general manager. So I had actually done two stints at Key. So I started in 2000 um, as their financial accountant and then moved into functions. And it was a very small restaurant at that time. It was only sort of like three in the office and that was literally just before Pete as well. So um, Pete came on board on 2001. And then, yeah, so it was a small team. We sort of did all different roles and then I actually moved over to London for a couple of years and then when I came back um, the GM was leaving to have a baby so I literally went into Key for New Year's Eve because I had a friend from America here and John and Peter they're like are you back and I'm like yes no oh my god you you have to come back so literally met with Leon and yeah I was very very fortunate to um, to join the team so it was just perfect um, and so moved into at that ops role but you know we'll sort of the the same as GM boss lady so yeah and did that for pretty much yeah nearly 10 years so it, it was amazing. What were the challenges of that role? Um, in terms of it was it became a beast but a good beast like um, in terms of like when I said it was sort of like a small sort of op- operation when um, you know I first sort of started and then just with the hype and the success, like I think that second year or the first year I was there, that's when we made the top 50. So then just then what came with that, then Pete was on MasterChef. So it just became like the busiest restaurant. Like we used to be a bit quiet for lunch and then, you know, you then came to a, a restaurant that was at full capacity every service. So um, and then just, you know, then building up the team and then, yeah, and just really I guess I don't know if I want to say it was a challenge like but you know just making sure that you know every day we're we're doing our best job and you know you've got the best team and we're providing the best guest experience and just always continuing to make ourselves better which is what you know we Pete John and I worked really really hard for and um you know worked with the team to 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 make sure that that was happening and then there was always other little challenges, um, you know, with the when the boats started coming into the into Key. Like when I first started, there was forty boats. By the time I left, there's like two hundred and ninety three a year. So that that impact on that on financial revenue was a huge, a huge um, place. So then just looking you know, what, what, what does that then mean for the business? So then just a bit like, I guess, you know, pivoting like what people, people have had to do, do um, during COVID, like then we, you know, needed to look at different opportunities and, you know, designing the restaurant in a different angle. So, you know, we could still get people in and there, you know, it wasn't all just about, you know, looking at a boat, but fortunately by then too, 
everyone just really wanted to come for Pete's food and for the experience of key and to be looked after by the entire team and the kitchen and the floor that we were fortunate that we could still the, still fill the restaurant with the ships. Why hospitality? How did, how did you get a start in the industry? Um, I started at McDonald's, <laughs> probably like a lot of people I know actually, and I think it's uh, back in those days it's very, very good. It was a very good learning, like, and I just um, – yeah, I was just always really passionate just about – I actually started uni as in an accountancy degree because I've always really liked numbers. And then, as you would know, we I changed courses and started the hospitality management course with you um, out, out in Richmond. So, which – because I just found, like, accounting just is a little bit on, – on its own, it was a bit boring. And I just really loved people and food and – you know, I hadn't really done much sort of high-end dining or anything at, at that time, but I just, yeah, it just felt like it was the right thing for me. McDonald's is a world away from somewhere like Key, but a lot of young people find employment in McDonald's when they're young. What, what is it that you took from the structure of McDonald's as a business? I think definitely... Um, like just multi, how, you, you know, they moved you around in in the in the corporation, which I know that might sound like, oh, you know, you're in front of house one day, then you're on drive through. But I think that's just really interesting to, and I guess now that I look at my skill set, I've really got a huge skill set, which, um, you know, it's probably a little bit different to moving from drive through to, you know, being on the front counter. But you, you know what I mean? You actually, I think it's really interesting that they can teach you different you know, different skill sets and you're still sort of in in that employee. And then, you know, I was fortunate enough to get promoted to a supervisor, so then I was responsible for people. Um, so I think there's just a lot of opportunity to learn and growth and training. They were really big on training. Like I have a lot of friends who are sort of in high positions in restaurants who, again, all came through McDonald's as well. And I think, as I said, it was back in the day when, like it was a it was a really good place place to work and you took pride like in um you know your job and everything like that and you were really supported and as I say trained. How did the role at Key come about because that really catapulted uh, your career from from that point? Yeah so after um I my first job in hospitality was at a restaurant called Metzaluna in Potts Point. So which at that time was two hat restaurant owned by the Plazy family who, you know, unfortunately Norma and Beppy have passed now, but you know, they were the leaders, like Beppy's is still going, I think it's sixty five years or something. Like it's so extraordinary. Yeah. So I sort of started as like an admin assistant. Um and again, you know, it was a a tiny restaurant there was literally like a a lady in accounts and then Norma in the office and so I pretty much did everything you know phones accounts went down and would do um you know hosting in the restaurant would do the till um just you know stock takes back in those days were all done by you know you know tipping the bottle up to go yeah I reckon there's about you know 330 mils in that and um so my I was there for and then moved up to sort of admin manager and basically then um, looked after all the functions and events and did all payroll, all um, basically all of their financial accounts. And then I 
I actually saw a job advertised at Key and to be honest, I didn't really know that much about Key at the time because it had literally just changed its name from Bilson's because this is, it was the Olympics. And so, um, yeah, so then I approached Leon. Um, and I think maybe there was an ops sort of role going. I know, no, I think it was the GM role actually at that time. And obviously I was not qualified, but, you know, it was young and go, um, you know, it's worth a phone call. I'll just have a chat. And anyway, he said, look, they'd just um, replace someone in that, they'd put someone in that role. And, but they had a, um, a financial accountant position going. And so, yeah, so I met with Leon and yeah, so that was my sort of first step in the door, which as I said, was really great. And it was a tiny restaurant then. So the, the GM went away, you know, I'd jump in there, I'd go up and do the desk at lunch, the functions, got, you know, we all answered the phone. We all did pretty much sort of everything. And, um, yeah, so that's where it sort of all started, which, yeah, was pretty amazing. And then we actually, like, um, when Pete approached Leon, Charmaine, who was a GM and I, at that time we actually went up to Whale Beach and tried his food to see who's this guy who's contacted Leon for a job. So we, so I love that, that, you know, I've known Pete, for a very, very long time, like 20 years. But, yeah, so we had his pork belly with the jellyfish and the chocolate cake and just went – and he, he didn't know we were there. It was a very – it was a secret, like um, – because obviously Peter never met us, so it was like a little secret, let's go check out. And, yeah, and there 20 years later. Well, John Fink and Peter Gilmore and yourself travelled the world together and ate in many amazing restaurants. Is, was there a highlight from one of your trips? Um, yes. Again, we were very, very fortunate um, to travel and to be able to dine and experience those. And also it was really just to see our friends, you know, to go to Copenhagen and catch up with Renee and James and you know it was just always so lovely so that was always a highlight like walking in there and them all you know 30 voices going hello you know welcome to Noma and seeing Renee and the team um I think one we did uh, have the um experience of going to Fabican which was pretty epic because we'd been in London for the world's 50 awards and then um, we'd made a little we were actually got the plan was we were going to mad the symposium which is another really sad thing about not being able to travel all these amazing you know the mad that symposium the paraforma um well, probably parabeer forum sorry like where people get together and learn so much like when is that ever going to happen again? Um, or will it happen? Um, yeah, anyway, so, sorry to go off track. But, yeah, we were, yeah, so we'd been in London. So literally we're up at five, train to the airport, flight over to Stockholm, Stockholm up to this small little town, got in a car. So it was like, you know, two planes and an automobile plus a train to to arrive at, like, Fabrican at, like, six o'clock and we checked in because you stayed on site and there was a beautiful little spa and um, it was just so gorgeous. And then you walk down, you know, you get changed and just walk downstairs for dinner and, like, they only take 12 people. So you sit in this beautiful little lounge where 
you know, you have a cocktail and some little canapes and then you move upstairs to the dining room. Like it was just like you were just pinching yourself. And there's um, Magnus just cooking in, in front of you and like literally like the three of us are like you're these smiles, like you just like it literally was like this is just like insane. Um, yeah, so that was very, very um, amazing. And then the next day to be able to roam around the farm and, you know, just, you know, Magnus show is showing us what, you know, that they do and all their sustainability and produce and everything like that. It was, um, yeah, really, really beautiful. You ended up leaving Key and taking up some pretty incredible gigs um, from uh, working with Tourism Australia to bring journalists out here, as you mentioned earlier, and um, also uh, events like Gourmet Escape. What, what was all of those sort of roles like for you? Yeah, they were great. Like I, um, and it's interesting because I, whilst I loved, you know, like the finance and the GM side, I also, and that's why I loved working with Pete and John, that um, just the b- being creative, like it's just so interesting and so fun just to be able to go, wow, we just pulled that off. Like, you know, like when I was at Key, we, we pulled off a dinner in a, in a Paspali jewellery shop, you know, like it's just amazing (laughs) yeah like just um so I think to be able to do like obviously the tourism Australia like um to to organize that dinner on the beach with you know the amazing like the world's best basically and just the creativeness of like what does that look like who are we gonna you know who are we gonna approach like just the theming and just yeah, I really, really love that. And the same with Gourmet Escape as well, just to be able to, like I love looking after people and hosting and project managing and just, you know, making making sure like things are done in the best possible way. Like I have very high expectations of myself and of, you know, what, what is delivered. And I think I really just loved doing that and loved working with the team at IMG and, again, the opportunity to do a travel, like, um, to go to WA and, and you know, you, I was fortunate to go there with, with Pete when I was at Key. So you sort of just form a, form a, you know, a relationship with people so you know you're always going to see them. And so that was always really, really lovely, lovely as well. Well, you've had a pretty big tree change. Did, did you ever expect to see yourself up in the warmer climates up there like you are at the moment? No, I would not have seen this coming for a mile. <laughs> What's it been like? It, yeah, it was really good. So just, to, I guess, to give you the, a bit of a background. So prior, just prior to COVID, I had started a new role in Sydney and that, it was a restaurant in the city and one at Double Bay. And then obviously as soon as COVID hit, the city closed and, you know, you just knew, I just knew it wasn't going to reopen and just there, there wasn't really that position for me there anymore. And Tristan had already sort of been in, in contact with me um, through, through Pete actually because he was sort of looking for to build his team up here and and I you know, just sort of said look I'd taken on a new role but once I sort of moved on from that I just contacted Tristan and yeah just came up and, and met him and was just really inspired by him and the opportunity and the growth and so yeah I came up and did like a month's um, sort of working here and um, and in that time Alex who used to be at Pillow was the restaurant manager for 10 years has come up Dave Moyle there was already an amazing you know team here of people you know Sam the Som, Santi the chef and um, Kelsey the assistant and Sam in events like so 
and we keep getting a lot of people coming up from um, Sydney and Mel oh not Melbourne um, hopefully they might now um, so yeah just really building building the team up here and just the change even what I've seen from you know when I the very first time I came to to what see now and obviously we've got Dave overseeing um, and you know he brings so much knowledge and experience and you know I'm loving working with him him as well so it's been a really easy easy adjustment like I just sort of like I just couldn't imagine being in Sydney right again. <laughs> What's this period of time been like for you you've built up this career with in extraordinary restaurants and and travelled the world. How, how do you feel about the industry? And has, have you have you changed this year because of what's happened? Um, yes, definitely. Like I think even just this the move up here. I think I've just really, and I think I've really reflected on like, you know, I loved my career at Key, and like you know, opening Benelong was you know an absolute career highlight. And but I do look at how much time I put into those that job and how much energy and um, you know I sacrificed a lot of things for myself um, through doing that but obviously you know that was my own own making but yeah so I've really just sort of just taken a step back and be like you know it's you don't have to have that high profile title or job as long you know I think as long as you're happy <laughs> and like the um and like healthy like just you know there'd be days I'd be at like here and it'd be like six o'clock I'm like have I eaten today like you know because you're just running around like a a mad woman so yeah I think that's been good just and I just to reflect and to breathe and I think um you know I think I think probably a lot of People are sort of in the in the same, you know. The, that was with Alex moving up here with his family as well. Just sort of, you know, just just sort of take a bit of a step back, and you know, you still work really hard, but it's just, yeah. I think you're what's important, I guess, mate, might change. And also that, like the travelling, like you know, I'd always go to Bali, and I go down to my beach at Lennox Head every day, and I'm like, who needs to go to Bali <laughs> ever again? Well, I know you do like to travel, though, and um, yeah, when the borders do open up again and you get that chance, where do you think you'll go first? And is there a restaurant you have in mind? Um, oh, I'm just, as I said, just super keen to get down to Melbourne um, and to 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 go there. Also, I'd love to get back to London. I've got a lot of great friends who. I met when I lived there and, you know, I was fortunate enough to sort of see each year after moving back because I'd be travelling for work. Um, but in terms of restaurant, well, I don't know. I think I'm just happy to happy to go to all of them. Well, now that you've um, had this chance to breathe and reflect on things and you're up in a really beautiful part of Australia to do that, uh, do you see yourself moving back to the big cities at all or do you think that um, working uh, in, an, in a destination like you're in is more part of your future? Yeah, I believe I think this is part of my future and I think you, yeah, just sort of nailed it on the head. It is, I think, about destination dining as well and I've always been a big lover of that, like, you know, the Blue Hills experience is a, like a destination dining, like going out to Fabicano or... Um, 
and you know, like Sat Baines up in um, no Nottingham, Nottingham. I think that's yeah. Like Pete, John, and I went up there. You know, got on the on the um, train in Kings Cross. Like, I think um, I really love that idea, and I think that's what's really nice about being here at Harvest. You know, whilst it's only you know, sort of half an hour out of Byron. It is really, it is a beautiful experience because you're in, you know, you've got the gardens and the old bakery and and I think there's just, you know, Tristan's very ambitious so I think there's lots of opportunity to to get involved in, you know, other new ventures um, up here and I think people will be continuing to travel up here so... I believe, yeah, there's definitely opportunity for me to to stay up here and, yeah, and really, um, yeah, get 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 into into the lifestyle and into, um, yeah, bringing a, and I like even since I've been here, just like the lift in you know service and knowledge just from the experience sort of coming up and which that really then really enhances the people who were already here and local so I think I'm loving that as well like just making a difference um you know being here and, and with the team well Kylie not a lot of people know but uh we've known each other for quite a long time we went to primary school together we bumped into each other at university you finished that degree I ventured off to do a different one and um hats off to you and what you've contributed to the Australian hospitality sector because it really is extraordinary. Um, we've loved having you on Deep in the Weeds. Oh, thank you. And um, hopefully we can share a drink again soon and um, keep in touch. Yeah, I'd absolutely love that. Thank you so much. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of Australia's hospo community, suppliers and producers in search of hope during this pandemic. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well. <laughs>